0: Today, I want to talk to you about junk drawers and barns. Junk drawers and barn, and we're going to jump right in. Um, At the end of service, we're going to be singing some Christmas songs, some Christmas carols together, so don't leave early. Um, This past week, I asked some of you to send me your junk drawer pictures that you had on you know at your house and to post them on my Facebook my Instagram whichever and, and some of you started sending me pictures of like your drunk drawer and I, I want to show you the first picture that I want to show you today is something we need to correct right so the first picture that we have up on the screen today is what some of you call a junk drawer right so let me let me say this For for all us not type A people that just go with the flow, this is called a drawer, right? It's not called a junk drawer. Like, this is organized. You can see things and find things. I want to show you what a junk drawer looks like. This is what a junk drawer looks like, right? That's, and, and here's what I love. Some of you, you got like four of them in your house. Some of you, the big question was like, which one? Um, some of you, some of you grandmas out there, you got peanut M&Ms in your junk drawer. That's not a junk drawer. That's a treasure chest. Okay, let's, we got to establish some things. But but here's what I started thinking is I a couple things here, but there was a couple things. Some of you, you look at pictures way too closely um, online. You're like, oh, I didn't know you drove a Chevy. I'm like, what are you talking about? So um, I'm going to be careful about what I post online. Um, but couple of things I noticed about junk drawers that that we have a tendency about some some of the things that takeaways um, it's hard to find anything in it because it is a junk drawer right if you don't know where something goes the answer is junk drawer right if you don't want to put something in the correct place you put it in the right things get lost in the right if you want the biggest surprise of your life check out the Right, right. There's no rhyme or reason for the... It just happens, right? It just kind of like... I don't know why that's in there. I thought it was called a junk drawer, right? Most of the time, most of the time, nothing super uber valuable is in there, like your wedding ring, your cell phone, right? Because you know it's like the Bermuda Triangle, right? It's like the space between your washer and your dryer. You're never gonna find it until you decide to clean between your washer and dryer, and that happens when you either move or you're replacing your washer or dryer. So, so I mean, we're just talking truth today, right? Nobody claims responsibility for the junk drawer. It's not like, whose fault is this junk drawer? We've all participated in the junk drawer. It can get organized, but like one of my friends from college says, it just goes back to being what it's always been, a junk drawer. Yes, you're still with me. We keep the junk drawer hidden, right? we The truth is, we don't brag about it. We don't show people our junk drawer right when they come over. Um, I loved what Chelsea Lockney said. She said, we need a place to hide our lives when people come over, right? You just like, throw it in, throw it in whoa, next drawer, whoa, right? Like, that's what we do. But here's the reality, too. Like, junk drawers, what, Jerry, you think that's funny, man. Um, So, junk drawers can be frustrating, right? For all you type A people, you're like, not again. They can be overwhelming, and you don't even know what to do with all the junk and stuff. And can I tell you today, life sometimes feels like a junk drawer. Sometimes, amen, amen. Sometimes life feels overwhelming, right? Sometimes you don't even know how life happened because life wasn't supposed to look what life looks like now, And, and there's no rhyme or reason for why it looks like what it looks like. It just does. Some of you, you've tried to fix you, and the problem is you get better for a moment, but you never get better for long. Because something bigger than you was meant to fix you, and you aren't enough for yourself, right? And and we were like, I just go back to being what I was before. It's just like a junk drawer goes back to always being a junk drawer. I keep going back to being the same person, struggling with the same thing. Some of you, you are frustrated. Some of you, you are lost. Some of you, you are hiding your true life when people come around. And what do we do? We just kind of hide it, and we stay overwhelmed, and we get frustrated, and we don't know what to do. But the great news is this today. Jesus is used to stepping into people's junk drawers. Like thousands and thousands of years ago, before he ever came to earth, can I tell you, it's a mess. And as we look at our culture and we look at our world and we say, how do we get here? It's a mess. Here's the great thing he's not caught off guard and he's not surprised by the mess that you find yourself in. And out of this mess came a message. Right, into the mess was born a savior. And we find this story in Luke chapter two. It says this, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger." They didn't have to go, which baby, What? Which, which one's laying in a manger, which one's born in a barn, right? Suddenly, the lying in a manger, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was... Was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, and it was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived." As we get ready to go into this, there's two things that always stand out to me. The first thing is some weird shepherds went and asked the strangers to see their baby, right? Um, And they're like, let me see that baby. And I just don't get that. Um, I would be like, get away. That was just for you, Kevin Kunkel. So, um, but, but, Here's what I don't want us to gloss over. We read the Christmas story, we're familiar with the Christmas story, and sometimes a Christmas story loses the uniqueness because we know it. We've seen pageants about it. But I want us to focus in on one thing for a second Jesus was born in a barn, right? Like, like a barn. If there's one thing Joseph never said to Jesus, he never said, Jesus, what's wrong with you? Were you born in a barn, right? Yes, Jesus was actually born. In a barn, right like yes, I was, Dad, and it was your fault <laughs> and, and, and when we think of a barn right like like i 'm thinking like if the savior of the world 's coming to the earth, he 'd be born at least in a hospital, maybe a house, but probably a palace, right, I would invent something if i 'm God like my son 's coming to the earth i 'm going to invent something cool that nobody's no baby 's ever been born in, and yet he 's born into a working barn. Not, not a barn dominium, not a barn that's used for weddings because we've romanticized them, right? That it looks like Chip and Joanna Gaines has fixed up. No, 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 no. This is a barn that's stinks, right? Where there are animals that are noisy and gross. My oldest daughter is in FFA and Charlie shows sheep and they use the Jinx FFA barn with a lot of other students where there are sheep and goats and pigs and cattle. And I'm just going to tell you, that is not a peaceful place. Like I, I do not like the barn. Charlie likes the barn. I do not like the barn. And here's why. Because there's manure all over the place. The stench of urine is so bad it burns my eyes and lungs. I'm like, I can't breathe. And you stink. Like the other day, Charlie got in the car with me and Chloe and she's like, I I, I don't think I stink. And I'm like, you know, I'm just like, (laughs) I was just in for like 10 seconds. I'm like, no, 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 no. It did its damage. It left its mark, right? And this is the kind of barn, this is the mess that Jesus is born into. It's a working barn. It's not peaceful. These animals are noisy. They're all over the place. There's pee all over the place. There's manure all over the place. And it is not an ideal place to be born in. And yet the shepherds told them to go and to see what has happened. And we pick up there and the angel said this to the shepherds, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. So they run to go see if what the angel said was true. And this passage that I read earlier jumped off the page to me this week. And it says, they heard to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, like let this kick in for a second, after seeing him, The shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's stories were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. After seeing him, their world was changed. Right after experience, after having a moment with Jesus, their world was changing. here's what I want us to know today, and this is my only point today. One look at Jesus changes everything. One look at Jesus, one moment with Jesus changes everything. Everything. Later on in the same chapter, Luke chapter 2, is a story of a man named Simeon. And it says this At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and praised God saying, sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nation and he is the glory of your people, Israel. I have seen your salvation. Simeon was waiting for this moment for a long time. He probably thought that the savior of the world was gonna be like, lead this militia and this military coup and overthrow the Roman Empire, and yet it shows up in the most unprecedented, most unexpected way, a child, a baby. And when he sees it, he says, I've seen the salvation of the Lord. Everything changed. And here's what I want you to know. Jesus doesn't preach one sermon, He doesn't He didn't tell one parable, He doesn't teach one lesson, Jesus doesn't heal anyone, Jesus doesn't even speak, Jesus doesn't feed anyone, Jesus doesn't resurrect anyone, and yet it says one look at Jesus, and Simon realized God was going to take care of his future. And what does Simeon say? He says, Now I can die in peace. Because when I had one moment with the Messiah, when I got one glimpse of the Messiah. I realized God was still in charge of my present and taking care of my future. And today you may be here, today you may be watching at home online and maybe life feels like the junk drawer. Maybe life is noisy and it's confusing and you don't know how you got here. Can I tell you this morning, man, life may be not what you expected. Maybe it doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like. But one moment with Jesus, man, one look at Jesus and everything can change because you realize there is a Messiah. There is a Savior that has been in charge for 2,000 years. And if he was in charge when he was a baby, man, he's still in charge of your present. He's still in charge of your future, and he can bring a message out of your total junk drawer, out of your barn, out of your mess, if you'll have one moment with Jesus. One look at Jesus changes everything. And it reminds me of this old song that says this, oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior, a life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And this morning, my challenge to you, have a moment with Jesus today. Feel overlooked, feel lost, feel like it's a mess. Feel frustrated, feel overwhelmed. Don't even know how you got here. Have a moment with Jesus. And you realize he's still in charge of your present. He can still bring a message out of your mess. And he'll take care of your future. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. Lord, I I just pause for a moment. Because, Lord, there's people that are here. They're watching online. They're here in this place, and Lord, it feels like everything's out of control. That the most valuable thing got lost in the mix of life. Our relationship with you got, got mixed up and just living life. And Lord, I pray this moment that we would have a moment with you. Lord, that it doesn't mean that everything's gonna make sense. It doesn't mean that life's gonna get easier, but it does mean that you become in control of our life instead of us trying to control our life. Because Lord, we will never be able to fix us, and we were never designed to. But Lord, that's the whole reason you came, to save humanity, that humanity might be redeemed through a savior and a Lord named Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our chaos, in the middle of our frustration, in the middle of all of it, Lord, I pray today that we would have a moment with you. And Lord, we would lock eyes with you and that we would realize it's gonna be okay. Because this moment, God's in charge of my present. He's gonna take care of my future. I pray right now, move. Move.